dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. The conference poster session can be a bit of a strange experience. I really enjoy them because it gives you the opportunity to have a good one-on-one discussion with people who are interested in your work. It's a great way to make new connections and you often find yourselves moving from the designated networking time to perhaps the most fruitful venue for building future collaborations, the pub. In this blog, I share a few tips on how to make that poster a real talking point at your next conference. So many scientists continue to work with people they first met at a conference poster, continuing their discussion over a few drinks or in the nearest bar. I've seen PhDs literally spawn out of a, we could maybe try this back and forth, that all originated from one person asking the other person that first question, can you talk me through your poster? Having said that, the poster session is still a bit of a strange one. If nobody stops by your poster, the session really drags on. You feel like you're trying to sell something that nobody wants to buy. There is, however, something you can do to help prevent this. It's kind of obvious, but make your poster sellable. If it catches the eye, it grabs interest too. So here are my top tips. Number one, templates. Let's start with your layout. This is one of the most critical things to get right if you want your poster to get attention. Before you start making your poster, it's a good idea to check the conference format. The last thing you want to do is turn up with a landscape poster to find it doesn't fit your board. Try and look at some examples too, so you can get a flavour of what it should look like. Your institution will likely also have some great ready-made templates you can use, but if not, there's a few general principles you can follow. Firstly, you want to separate your poster out into the same general sections you would for an abstract or a paper. Introduction, methods, results, discussion, conclusions. The best way to do this is with a separate panel for each. You can make multiple panels for the results, but the key thing is to make sure the poster flows. It has to tell a story and be eye-catching in the process. To give you an idea, you can have a look at a poster that I used for an Alzheimer's Research UK conference and it's linked to the text version of this article. Number two, chill out with the text. Next up is the written content. The message here is similar to the one in my CV blog. Don't fill your poster space with a load of text. It makes it seem impenetrable and hard to digest. The example that I've linked to this article has 647 words and even then it could probably do with being trimmed down. How do you communicate the story of your work in a few hundred words? Once again, bullet points. If your poster is too wordy, nobody will want to read it. They want something they can digest quickly while they sip coffee and eat cake. You won't want to be stood there awkwardly smiling while they read a thousand words in silence. The quicker they can understand it, the faster they can start to discuss it with you. The perfect poster can be read and digested in a few minutes. Don't worry too much if what you actually present varies a little bit from your abstract. There can often be a big lag between submitting your abstract and presenting, and your research may have progressed. Don't vary too far from the original purpose, but it's okay to add more. And don't just copy and paste your abstract. Nobody will like that. Most importantly, don't bury the really interesting information of your conclusions in a mass of text and tables. Make the points big, bold, and clear. Number three, use pretty pictures. This is the obvious caveat to minimal text. Your poster is a visual representation of your work. You want to get plenty of colour and eye-catching visuals in there. This is even more critical if your results are all graphs, which can be hard to notice at a distance. You need an image that will grab their attention and promote them to take a close look at your data. Fluorescent images are always a good one, or failing that, take the time to make some really nice schematics explaining some of the key mechanisms or workflows that are outlined in your poster. There's some great software out there like CorelDRAW or Inkscape, which allow you to create something really, really nice and visual with relative ease. 
There's lots of ideas on new and creative poster designs. It's a brave researcher that uses them, but have a look on YouTube and have a look at some of the links in this blog. Number four, use colour wisely. I mentioned colour briefly in the last section, but you have to make sure you use it correctly. You don't want to overdo it and end up with a poster that looks like it was made in Willy Wonka's factory. You're talking about science, not selling everlasting gobstoppers. Stick to between three and six colours, figures included. And my personal recommendation is to have two to three primary colours, an accent colour that stands out, and one to two text colours. That way you can use the accent to draw attention to the key points you want to get across. Most importantly, keep your background plain. White, light grey, or something like that. Nobody will notice any of your data if it's stuck on an A3 image of your favourite cell. Your work should leap out of the background and not fall into it. Number five, add your contact information. This is really important. You won't be stood by your poster all day, but it will be available for people to see for the entire conference. What if somebody checks it out and wants to know more about you, but you're not there? The answer is to have your contact information somewhere on the poster. If you don't want to use any space on the poster itself, you can attach business cards to the board for people to take. Either way, make sure you get your email address and any relevant social media accounts on there. Number six, acknowledge your funders. Another important one, you have to remember that your work is only possible because somebody is funding it for you, unless you're self-funded. Always remember to acknowledge your funders at the bottom of your poster along with including relevant references. The easiest way to do this is simply to include their logos in the bottom right corner. Number seven, digital versus physical. This is a newer one. So with many conferences turning virtual, you may not have a chance to see your poster in its full A1 glory, tucked up in its cardboard tube. But going digital does also provide an opportunity to be innovative. You can consider adding hyperlinks depending on format to your social media, your other work depending on the platform, or you could also include annotations, voiceovers, and video recordings. PowerPoint lets you do this. Get creative. Other than that, my final piece of advice is to enjoy yourself. A poster session is a great networking opportunity, so make sure you make the most of it. You never know what connections you might make. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.